Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. We also want to use these moments to invite you to our live stream service, which is at 9 a.m. this Sunday morning. You can find it on our website, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org, or on Facebook at our page, Harvest Baptist Church, Harvest Baptist Church, just search for that on Facebook. This week, Matthew 5, 17 through 48, as part of our Jesus Changes Everything series. Let's begin Harvest Time today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Well, hey, half a day, Chris. Matthew chapter 5, we've been in for a couple of weeks. Uh, It's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to look at an overview of a longer section of scriptures. We're going to begin in verse 17 and go all the way to the end of the chapter. There's all kinds of really interesting conversations that Jesus has in that time. In fact, what our plan is, is I'd like to try to overview it this Sunday, and then we're going to come back over the next weeks uh, and go individually through these smaller sections and talk about some of the specifics. In fact, maybe to get people thinking about this, these really interesting discussions. Jesus talks about uh, moral purity, and uh, boy, in a day when we have so many scandals going on and you know the Me Too movement, we have such an issue across our culture in this area. Jesus gives us really clear instructions and help about it, but he talks about relationship conflicts. He talks about divorce. He talks about taking an oath. So should we promise or enter in an oath with somebody else? This is where we find that section about turning the other cheek. And so we'll talk about all those things individually over the coming weeks. But I'd like to start off because I think there's sort of an overview, sort of a broad point of the whole section. And in fact, I'm just going to read two verses, the beginning and the end of it, of Matthew chapter 5, which will help us. But verse 20 says this, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. I mean, these scribes and Pharisees were seen as the spiritual heroes of that day. Jesus is saying, man, unless, unless you can be better or do better than the, the, you know, the best people that you know, you're never going to get into heaven. And uh, then at the end, he, he kind of blankets it by saying, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So we got a pretty high standard that he sets, and it really provides this overview of what does it mean, what is Jesus calling us to, and and how can a person have uh, confidence about the kingdom of heaven? So I want to talk about that overview, then we'll come back in the following weeks and talk about the specifics. So we'd invite you to be with us this Sunday as we kick that section off for our live stream beginning at 9 a.m. Well, I'm really glad to have back on Harvest Time somebody who's well-known here uh, at Harvest, Rhonda Green. Rhonda, welcome back to Harvest Time. Hello. (laughs) So uh, Rhonda is not only well-known, but she's well-loved around here at Harvest. But for someone who doesn't know, we'll have a number of people that say, who's Rhonda Green? Let's find out a little bit about you. Tell us just a quick overview of your story. I want to ask later about getting to Guam, but tell me about where you grew up, what your family was like. Uh, Well, I grew up in a Christian home, 
Um, went to a Christian school, K-5, all the way through 12th grade in one school, just like we have here at Harvest. And uh, my mom was a teacher there, and so I had her as a teacher till my third grade year, and then I had another teacher after that. But just had the Bible a lot, even devotions at home and reading the Bible and different things. And so I'm just thankful. My parents were involved in the uh, youth ministry and they were like, you just kind of like sponsors. Mm-hmm. And when I was little and about the age of five and my, um, they had a like harvest theme at, for, and they had a, like a greased pig and a greased pole and the yeah. hayride and all yeah. that and the bonfire. And it was at the bonfire, there was a, a preacher that was preaching and it really made me think about my need of salvation because I didn't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And so that night at in my room at home, I remember the bedspread. I remember everything. Mom opening the Bible and showing me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven when I died. Hmm. So I accepted Christ at that time. Mom wasn't sure if I really understood, so they wouldn't let me get baptized until they made sure I understood. So it was about a year, year and a half later that I was baptized. So, you know, you grew up kind of in middle, where'd you say? Oh, I grew up in Colorado. Okay, in Colorado. How does somebody growing up in Colorado end up in Guam then? I mean, (laughs) I know that's connected with your spiritual story, but what was that? Well, I went to Bible college in Springfield, Missouri. And then after I graduated from there, felt Lord wanted me to go into nursing. So I applied to Bob Jones University and got accepted there and finished the nursing degree. And then while I was there, I met Dr. Joy Angel. And she was, uh, Lord had burdened her heart for the Micronesian area specifically Chuk, and so she organized a team to introduce me to this area of the world, and I've been kind of out here ever since. <laughs> so, Rhonda, did you feel like there was this this really burden for missions? When you started in nursing, I mean, was it kind of directed towards maybe, you know, missions? Yeah, when okay. I was about 13, I really felt the Lord calling me into missionary work. Okay. Yeah, and I, it was a Sunday night service, just a normal service, and I just I went home and I told my parents, I think God wants me to be a missionary, and they said, well, don't wait till you grow up to be a missionary once you start now, and so mm-hmm. they actually helped me get involved in a bus ministry there at the church that I grew up in. So I'm continuing that now too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to ask you. I want to ask you some more about that. How long have you been on Guam? Since 2001, May 2001. Okay, so. coming up on 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, did you come directly to Guam when you came from the states, or? Uh, yes, I did because that's where Dr. Joy Angel was at the time. About halfway through my deputation, the Lord changed the field that we were planning to go to Chuk and. God changed that to here on Guam, but yet we were still working with the same people group here on Guam. There's a lot of Chukis here on Guam. Yeah. And then how long was Dr. Joy here before she She was here five years. While you were here. Yeah. And then I was uh, I was here two of her five years. So. Okay. Yeah. She came before I did. So your background's in nursing. I want to ask you some about that. Um, do you do medical work here? Or are you, you know, a practicing nurse? or you know? Well, I do have my nursing license. Okay. Um, I do not work in a hospital. I basically help people one-on-one with their medical needs, taking especially the Bible college students to their appointments, making sure they're taking their medicines correctly, helping them to understand what the doctor said to them, that kind of thing. So that's how I use my nursing, and I also teach a health class in the Bible college. Okay. Well, and there's a lot of need for that. In fact, as I've observed your ministry, I mean, God, it's pretty amazing. God has used the giftedness that he's given you, but even the training in really needful ways, particularly among the Micronesian community here mm-hmm. in Guam and and then, you know, the connection then to 
our physical health with the spiritual health and just the open doors that God's given you. It's, it really is pretty amazing. So when you came to Guam, it was sort of with this idea, I think you said, of kind of Micronesian ministry, particularly Chuki's mm-hmm. ministry? Yeah. Okay. First two years I was here, I, I basically just self-studied the language, the Chuki's language. So I know enough now to be dangerous. Yeah, I know. I've been around you. You can understand some <laughs> a little bit, more yeah. than me. Yeah. <laughs> so I paid somebody to sit down with me a couple times a week, and we would just, you know, I would learn words and then put them together in sentences. And I did that for the first couple of years I was here. Yeah, which which is an amazing thing. It's a great, you know, foundation yeah. and really a demonstration of... Uh, you know, you just your burden and your your commitment in that way. So, tell me about a little bit more about the ministry that you have right now. Let's, let's say particularly among the the Chukis and the Micronesian community. Okay. Well, um, started out with uh, working with a Bible study with Dr. Joy Angel here. Um, we would bring the girls to our house, and we would uh, teen girls, and we would have Bible study, and then that just kind of um, continued on. And um, just in the last few years, we've not had the bible study itself but we did a discipleship program tried to do that on sunday afternoons uh, every two or three weeks with some of the bus kids and just uh, try to help them to understand more of what it's like to live as a christian and then now we've had six of the either bible study or bus kids come through the bible college so chris i know that you're involved a little bit in that sunday afternoon you know Mm -hmm. bible study What's your sense of that? What's the burden that's drawn you to that? Well, it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about it, I think of these kids that come, and I'm concerned about them, for one thing, and then they are receptive. Seems like they're very receptive, and that's a, a great combination when you have someone who's needy and someone who's receptive, and then you think to yourself, well, I've got this experience, and I've learned some things, and I can contribute. I mean, that's essentially how it comes together, mm-hmm. you know, and you learn to care for them. And that's one of the things I'm missing with this situation that we have is that we just don't have that opportunity. I loved mm-hmm. doing the Bible study. seems like we get, we had a, a longer time with them. Right. Yeah. That's one of the yeah. things I'm, I'm, I really yeah. love about that specific part of, you yeah. know, the ministry is there's hours together, yeah. you know. Yeah. That, I, I feel I miss that. Mm. Rhonda, but the discipleship program gets the kids with somebody from HBBC, and I know they can connect with them better than I can. Yeah, it's sort of a big brother, you know, big sister kind of a thing, right? Yeah. For a lot of kids, you know, and and the kids that are part of that vary, you know, their home situations are are varied, but many of them can desperately need a mentor of that sort, a big brother, big sister that is making some good choices and can walk along beside them. Rhonda, you said that there's, did you say six kind of graduates from that discipleship yes. now that have come to HPBC, right? They come to HPBC and they've, they've finished and graduated with uh, the, the BA. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, it is. Right. In every way, um, spiritually, but mm-hmm. even just for the future of those kids and their future families and, and actually even the future of the whole culture to be able to have young people now with educations and really positive character traits that have been built in their lives. You know, it's really an impactful thing. I don't think we're going to see the impact of, the full impact of that for years Correct. yet. In fact, I would say maybe even specifically with with our cultures here, you know, on the islands where 
It's very much elder driven and our young people are still younger <laughs> in those cultures, but as they continue to grow and gain respect, you know, years to come, if God will keep them faithful, I mean, that's our prayer. Yeah. You know, they just have a tremendous opportunity to, to impact the culture and I- impact this island. What would you say are the biggest challenges or needs in the Micronesian community here? I would say uh, transportation is a huge one simply because they just don't have the the vehicles or they have one vehicle per three or four families. <laughs> yeah. And the person that's driving it doesn't always have a license and they don't sometimes they'll drive it with expired tags and get themselves into trouble and then it just costs more and then, you know, it's just one thing after another. I have helped some of them get their license. Of course, right now, some of them are in limbo. They were signed up to take their driving test, and now that all got canceled. But <laughs> Yeah, fortunately yeah. or unfortunately, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I guess, Guam is you know not designed like the islands around us where mm-hmm. you can kind of get around in different ways. I mean, right. it's it's bigger, and you really do need transportation yeah. in order to function. I mean, Correct. It's, yeah. Uh, going we, to the store, yeah. getting water. Going like, to the yeah. medical, you yeah, know, medical all of that stuff. It's yeah. just we have some villages, but it's just hard to function without being able to travel a little bit. Right. So that's a factor. And I know <laughs> that you do a lot of driving. I do. <laughs> yeah, for all kinds of things. Correct. You know, uniquely, I, I think sometimes you can – I know you and I have talked before that it's important to protect you a little bit because <laughs> there can be a lot of demand yeah. on you just, just because they need help with the transportation part. So there's some protection there for you. But it's provided a tremendous ministry. And opportunities. Opportunity, yeah. yeah. Opportunities to to share with them, wait, what's God's teaching me? What you know, what are they what are they um with questions that they may have. So I've I've got at least uh three or four the bus moms that are listening in online, they've told me that they are listening in online. So that's exciting to hear that too. Yeah. That they are interested in what I've been saying when I'm with them. Right. So, <laughs> so transportation, what else? What, what are sort of the spiritual needs? Well, some of the spiritual needs would be um, that a lot of them have been taught growing up that you have to, if you get saved, you have to stay saved. You have to keep saved. You have to keep doing good to get to heaven Mm -hmm. there's not this once saved always saved and so it's just really hard for them to understand that it's not based on what we do our salvation but but what christ has done for us yeah well god's given us an awesome core of uh, micronesian families at harvest and i think a growing burden for ministry within that culture i mean there's a large and growing population of Micronesians, Chukis, Yapis, mm. you know, mm. you know, really all the islands are here. Yes. And a, a real mission field, I think, you know, in fact, I know, you know, right here. And so we're burdened as a church that God would expand sort of our coasts mm. in this area. There's there's so many more opportunities. And I, I'm excited. I, I can feel this burden growing and maybe some foundational pieces happening. I see in the future the Micronesian contingent of church harvest is very multi-ethnic, very multicultural, mm, but yes. I can see the Micronesian contingent really growing at harvest. And as it does, as I believe it will, Rhonda, a big part of that is going to be the foundation that you have laid, mm-hmm. you know, over the years and the relationships that you developed. I mean, when I'm with you kind of out in the community, um, 
it's you just know everybody or they know you i guess they, they know me <laughs> <laughs> i have kids coming up to me in the store that just come up and give me a hug and i don't remember their names yeah <laughs> yeah you walk uh down the street in yeah. certain neighborhoods and people are ronda yeah. ronda or actually they say ronda. harvest harvest <laughs> yeah yeah that's so, my other name <laughs> so it is a, a sweet testimony of you know just your involvement and care and serving the mm-hmm. community for the sake of the gospel it's it's a it's an amazing thing. It's a sweet testimony. You're heading back to the States here for, for a few months yeah. um, next week. What's what's that all about? Well, I'm going to go back and um, talk to the people that actually give me money to come out here and stay okay. so that so I you're can here have as a, the time. As a missionary, yeah. supported missionary. Yes. So there's churches in the States that... And individuals. And individuals, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. That they, they give money every month or every, you know, so often. And then that allows me to have the time right. to spend doing all these other things that I do with transportation wise so <laughs> yeah so you just going to go back and this is a very biblical picture again of missionaries that went out in the new testament and would serve in you know areas of, that are far away really as uh, ambassadors mm. for Christ for sure but ambassadors even for ch- you know churches and other christians in other places and so going to serve in this way and then to come back and give reports of what God is doing yeah. and, and the changes that God's making in life. So that's really yeah. what's happening for a few months, right? Yeah, for three months. And then and hopefully encourage others to mm-hmm. think about possibly going and doing something like this Yeah, somewhere in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, well, we'll be praying specifically for safety for you and, mm-hmm. uh, and all the logistics that go into trying to visit a bunch of people in a short amount of time. But even bigger, that God would continue to call people to the harvest field. Mm. I mean, that's an awesome thing. Well, tell me maybe some of the biggest lessons that God's been teaching you specifically in this COVID time. To trust him with the kids that I don't have communication with and even those that I do have social media connections with. God loves them more than I do. And to just to know that he's going to take care of them, he's going to provide for them, even though I can't. Mm-hmm. That's the, to me, that's one of the biggest lessons. And just sitting back and letting him do it and and me not doing is, it's hard, but right. <laughs> that's one of the big lessons I've learned. Your ministry is primarily in a couple different areas. There's a number of moms, some single moms, mm-hmm. but sort of house head of home moms that uh, God's given you just a really impactful mentorship mm-hmm. and gospel ministry with them. And then again, just many kids from elementary, upper elementary, uh, middle school, high school kids, you know, on a normal Sunday or Wednesday nights. I mean, there's van loads that come in from all around the island, yes. you know, bringing kids that don't have transportation to come, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. Hear the word of God, be mentored, discipled, be connected. And I know that's one of the things that I have personally been burdened for in this COVID time. Our pastors have shared this, really coming alongside you with that, is that over these months now, really since the first part of Mm. March, when our government here on island kind of shut things down, some of these young people that we had chances every week, a couple times a week, Mm. for them to be in a place where they know that they're loved. Right. And they have support. Now we we just haven't been able to. I mean, it's really I was going to say forbidden, but it's just not acceptable for us to be bussing people Correct. here. And I really have felt that. I know that you mm-hmm. have too. And just wondering, you know, some of the home lives and 
and neighborhood situations to not have that every week connection point. We really felt the burden of that mm. and know that you have too. So our prayer is that, and I really appreciate you saying, being able to trust God's care for them even better than we can. Yeah. But we're also burdened to, and I know that we've done this. I mean, you have, we've have teams that have gone out to the neighborhoods, yeah. you know, have tried to have, you know, neighborhood Bible clubs. That's been ongoing, trying to keep connections. But um, it's a it's a real need for our island. It's, it's a need. If you care about people, you have to care about this. Right, right. And maybe this is a little bit of a plea and a call to our church family who are listening, just of uh, the opportunity and the need out there for children, teens, families that are really looking for friends and looking for people that will care for mm-hmm. them, and th- and they have some needs. And God's put this as an opportunity in front of us. And um, I could talk about it a long time, but Rhonda, you've been a great example for that for our church family, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Just an instrument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been faithful, <laughs> and God's blessed that faithfulness and. We believe that the fruitfulness is even going to grow in the coming yeah. year. So thank you for being faithful. Yeah. Well, we'll be praying for you as you head out. Um, of course, it, there's this huge hole that actually we've been talking about this pastorally um, because Rhonda's ministry affects so many people. So we've got a few months when other people are going to have to step in. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're praying for you that it would be a great time visiting some family and then mm. connecting again with the churches. But thanks for being willing. I know this isn't the most comfortable you know, situation for you on the radio, but you've been great. <laughs> so thanks for coming in and sharing a little bit of what God's doing. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we want to personally invite you again to our live stream service, 9 a.m. Sunday morning. You can find it on our website, hbcguam.org hbcguam.org or on our Facebook page at Harvest Baptist Church. This week, Matthew 5, 17 through 48, as part of our Jesus Changes Everything series. We also carry that Sunday morning live stream service here on 88.1 FM if you want to listen in that way. Thanks again for listening today to Harvest Time.